Big takeaways from the month of December. The New York Rangers really miss Filipino, but should probably be prepared with a plan B. Also, what role should Capo Caco play when he gets back to the lineup? And who and what should the Rangers target at the trade deadline? You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 973 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off of your first purchase. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's go ahead, dive right into it here, talk a little bit about some of the uh, biggest takeaways from what was a very strong month of December for the New York Rangers. Uh, they conclude the month with a record of 9-5. to five. And if you want an idea of just how well things have gone for the Rangers so far this season as we approach the midway point of the season, consider the fact that that 9-5 and five record that the Rangers had in December, at least just going by wins and losses, it was easily the weakest uh, month of the season for the Rangers of the three that have now been played. Uh, obviously, it was still a good month. You know, it got off to a little bit of a shaky start. Rangers were going through what was probably uh, their weakest stretch of the season. But even there, you know, it was a stretch of like 3-3, three and three, and um, there were some things you could nitpick, but they got it figured out pretty quickly and uh, concluded the month very strong. Obviously, most recently, taking down the Tampa Bay Lightning 5-1. to one. That's an excellent way to roll in to the new year. Um, but as far as like takeaways, you know, one of the biggest things for me as far as a team takeaway is concerned, Rangers can beat you in a lot of different ways. And a lot of them were on display uh, throughout the entire month of December. You had high scoring wins. You had uh, bounce back wins from some tough losses by the Rangers. They a couple of times won the second game of a back to back, which is never an easy thing to do. Uh, they had some overtime wins, went 2-0 and in overtime in this month. Uh, they beat Boston 2-1, to beat Buffalo 5-4 to in overtime. You've had some blowout wins, the 5-1 win over the, the Lightning. They also beat the Capitals 5-1 not too long ago. Get some track meet wins. Uh, that game against San Jose was completely out of control. I think both teams just forgot to play defense, but the Rangers won that one 6-5. to And then uh, some grinded out wins as well, though the one against Boston I think really comes to mind. Uh, that was the 2-1 to victory in overtime. And to kind of build on that, another big takeaway as far as the team is concerned, you don't want to play the Rangers after a loss. They are now 9-1 and following a loss this season. And many of those games, many of those 10 games there, uh, some of the best performances that the Rangers have had all season, just really, really sharp. And I think that just speaks volumes about the team's character, uh, the team's sense of urgency, their desire to get back on track and, and right whatever wrongs happened in the previous game. It's very impressive. And as I've been talking about kind of on and off throughout this season, uh, more so lately as the season has gone on and uh, this is a trend that's developed, you know, the Rangers playing well after a loss, this is something that can bode very, very well for them come playoff time. There's going to be adversity in the Stanley Cup playoffs, no matter who you are, what your seat is, if you win your division, if you're the last team in, whatever the case might be, and you have to be able to answer the bell. And I think one of the most important things is the ability to get back up after a tough loss in the playoffs, because that will happen sooner or later. There will be adversity, and um, you have to be able to respond to that. And the Rangers thus far showing themselves as a team that can and does do exactly that. Uh, to focus on a more player-specific 
uh, takeaway, though, and this is one of the biggest ones for me. It's kind of why we're putting it right here near the top of the episode after we got through a couple of the team takeaways there. But the Rangers really miss Philip Hedl. Uh, That being the case, though, I, I do think that they need to be ready with some kind of a plan B if indeed uh, Philip Heedle is unable to return this season. And let me just stop right there and say, there's nothing that I want more than for Philip Heedle to get healthy, um, to be cleared to play, to uh, be able to take the ice again, knowing that it is safe for him to play and medical professionals have all given him the thumbs up. Obviously that's not my field and I'll leave it to the Rangers medical professionals there. And as far as determining uh, if and when Philip Heedle can once again, take the ice, obviously concussions are no joke. It sounds like Heedle might have as many as five or at least four concussions uh, to this point in his career, and he's only 24 years old, uh, so that's pretty scary. Um, It does sound like, per report from Larry Brooks, that Heedle has made progress, but it doesn't sound like there's any real timetable, any real, you know, target date or anything along those lines. It's really touch and go right now. And Philip Heedle uh, recently returned home as well, and honestly, why not? If his return's not imminent anyway, make him as comfortable as possible. Um, let him do the things that he needs to do. And uh, if and when he gets ready, I'm sure the Rangers and all of us fans will welcome him back uh, with open arms. But with all of that said, I do think that the Rangers need to have a little bit of a plan B in place if Filipino can't make it back. And again, I know that sounds a little bit cold because, you know, I'm not trying to just cast Filipino to, you know, to the side here and, uh, you know, let's just move on without him. It's not that at all. It's just if he's not able to come back, the Rangers need to address the center position. We're going to talk about that uh, in more detail a little bit later in today's episode. But for right now, I'll just say, um, right now, the Rangers are getting by without Filipino. They're, they're doing all right without him. But I think myself and certainly probably Ranger fans even more so than me uh, truly believe that Nick Bonino in the top nine is not really an ideal situation. I like Bonino. Does a nice job for the Rangers. Does a lot of the little things right. Um, but, you know, top nine is a little bit too much probably for him. And... Even if you don't feel that way, even if you feel like, well, you know, they can get by, they've got other scores, Nick Bonino can stay on the third line, it's fine. Uh, you have to also consider what happens now if anything happens to, God forbid, Mika Zibanejad or Vincent Trocek. Now you're in a situation where Bonino might have to center the top six, or if he doesn't, you might have to put Barclay Goodrow there. Uh, Goodrow did an admirable job uh, in limited time in the top six last season, but I don't think it's something that you want long-term. I don't think it's something that you want in the playoffs. You could maybe go with Johnny Brodzinski there, but, you know, Brodzinski, as much as I like him too, uh, you know, career NHL, AHL swingman, does have a cool story this year. It's nice that he's finally uh, stuck with the Rangers, but um, there really aren't any in-house candidates uh, to take that role, to, to jump into a top six role. If anything were to happen to Mika and Trocek, uh, Mika or Trocek, while Filipino is still out. So that's something to uh, consider for the Rangers. And as far as like this plan B here, you know, can the Rangers, if Filipino is going to be out and out and out, and we're not really sure, um, you know, when he's going to get back, if he's going to get back, can the Rangers turn toward manipulating the long-term injured reserve list, which is something that we've seen other teams do. Tampa's done it pretty shamelessly over the last uh, handful of seasons. We saw uh, Vegas, I want to say it was Mark Stone who was out of the lineup last year. And, um, you know, they put him on LTIR. They were able to make a couple of moves. And basically what that does, anybody on LTIR, it doesn't count against the salary cap. And then what you can do, you can put somebody on LTIR and not then activate them until the playoffs. Because once the playoffs start, uh, the salary cap basically goes out the window. I'm oversimplifying it a little bit here in the interest of time. Um, But yeah, there's ways to manipulate the LTIR. And that's probably something that the NHL should take a look at in the future. But, you know, that's a different topic for a different day. And as far as Filipino goes, again, I hope he comes back because... It wasn't really off to a scorching start this season. The first 10 games, he had uh, no goals and six assists. But 
One of those guys, we talked about this before too, with him and Kako, they just lengthen the lineup a little bit. Um, they just make the team better. They, they just give you more depth. They give you more scoring depth. And guys that, you know, bring some good things to the table. We've seen them have success in the playoffs in the past, the two of them. The kid line a couple of years ago had a, a nice run uh, all the way to the Eastern Conference final with that Ranger team. So uh, Filipino is somebody that could still really, really help this team. And it's just unfortunate that we didn't get to see what he could do for an encore after what he did last year. Last year, I mean, again, they're not like Hall of Fame numbers, but Filipino, easily the best season of his career last year, uh, shattered his career highs uh, across the board. In many instances, doubled or came close to doubling um, his previous career best. So uh, Filipino was, you know, really looking good last year and, you know, just possibly looking like a breakout player. And it's just unfortunate um, first of all, just from a, a personal standpoint for Heedle, um, what he's going through right now, but also from a professional standpoint as well, not being able to build, or at least not yet being able to build on what he did last year and uh, maybe even take his game another step uh, forward this season. Uh, unfortunately, he's just not getting that opportunity right now through absolutely uh, no fault of his own. So we'll see. Uh, again, we're going to talk a little bit about, a little bit later today, what the Rangers approach could be at the trade deadline. Uh, who or what they might be looking to add. And I do think Filipino's status and um, his, his ability to play, or uh, if he's not able to play, that could also certainly make an impact on what the Rangers look to do at the deadline. And like I said, we'll talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff in just a second here. Uh, first, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by our good friends at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy seconds and buy tickets Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And a little bit later tonight, Rangers going to be back in action against the Carolina Hurricanes. So for the everydayers, definitely stick around this week. Uh, that's certainly what we're going to be talking about in our next episode, whatever happens uh, between those two Metro Division rivals. Also want to mention, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. I do want to talk a little bit about Capo Caco. It sounds like, you know, just going by a couple of different reports that he's, you know, going to probably be back in the lineup uh, before Philip Heedle will be, uh, if Philip Heedle is able to come back. Um, and as far as uh, what his role should be, I want to talk about this a little bit here. I think we're getting to the point here where at least when Capo Caco first comes back, uh, he should initially start 
on the Rangers' third line. I am not touching the second line. What's considered the second line, you could say they're the Rangers' best line, but you know their top two lines for the Rangers are usually 1 and 1A, one whichever order you want to put them in. But what's always listed as the second line, left to right, is Panarin, Trocek, Lafreniere. I'm not touching that line. They've been phenomenal. I mean, look at the game they just had against Tampa Bay. Uh, you've seen Trocek just take off this season ever since he's been paired with Panarin and obviously Lafreniere having the best season of his career and uh, him and Panarin have basically been joined at the hip. I don't think there's ever really been a game. I mean, maybe there was like a game where where like Laviolette made some in-game adjustments to some of the line combinations where Panarin and, and Lafreniere were split up a little bit, but I mean, for the most part, every single game, I think that they've been penciled in the same uh, line together, and it's obviously produced very good results for for both of them. And so you're not touching that line. As far as the top line goes, you could make a case, just throw Kako back out there with Mika and Zibanejad, but I'm not going to do that right now for a couple of reasons. First of all, Blake Wheeler, his reemergence, uh, he also has uh, seemingly has some growing chemistry with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. Wheeler had a shaky start to the season, no points in his first 10 games. And not too long after that, he had an eight-game stretch also with no points. Um, in his last nine games for Wheeler, though, three goals, six assists. He's done basically all that while playing alongside Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. And beyond the stat line, Wheeler just looks more comfortable, looks a little bit more relaxed, looks like uh, you know some weight fell off of his shoulders once he started to produce offensively and started to click with his new team. It seems like uh, he's just a lot more comfortable. You know, early in the season, he looked like somebody who had spent 12 or 13 seasons uh, with the same franchise and then uh, suddenly found himself on a new team and a uh, new environment, obviously, and a uh, new city. So, you know, there was going to be a little bit of an adjustment period. But Wheeler, you know, he, he's got it rolling right now. And I just feel like now that Wheeler's figured it out, and now that also, for that matter, Mika and Kreider have figured it out, you don't mess with that line either. So I got to put Capo Caco on the third line when he comes back. Um, the other thing, too, you know, Kako is coming back from an injury. He hasn't played in a while, so I don't want to, like, put too much on his plate right away. Um, I think it makes sense to just kind of ease him back into the action, give him a bottom six roll. You can always move him up in the lineup, flip-flop him and Wheeler again if need be. Um, putting him on the third line as things stand right now, that would put him on a line with Will Cooley and Nick Bonino. It's not the most um, offensively explosive line that you'll ever see, although, you know, Will Cooley is showing signs that, you know, he might be picking it up uh, in that area. He's had an excellent season for the Rangers and recently seems to be adding a little bit more offense to his game. But that could be a really strong uh, defensive line for the Rangers, that third line there. You know, Nick Bonino, um, you know, obviously really strong on the faceoff circle, uh, win, wins a ton of his faceoffs. He, um, great penalty killer. That won't really matter 5v5, but uh, a good defensive forward, a hard-nosed player, a ton of block shots for Nick Bonino. Will Cooley, you've got him as kind of the emerging rookie right now, a uh, big-time heavy hitter as well. And Capo Caco, I mean, he gets elite defensive marks by, you know, pretty much everybody. So uh, that could be an interesting line. Again, I don't know that you're going to get, like, a ton of offense, although maybe Caco, maybe something clicks there. You put him and Cooley together. Maybe um, that works in some way or another. They can give you a little bit of offense, and they can give you shutdown defense. That's actually a little bit of an intriguing line uh, for me when, when Caco comes back, putting the three of them together. I think, ideally, you might want a center, a little more, bit more offense than Nick Bonino, you know, between Cooley and Caco there. But um, for the time being, you know, maybe that's something they do with the trade deadline. For the time being, the short term, when Caco gets back, I think that can work. I, I think that can be uh, something of a fun line for the Rangers there uh, if those three are indeed together. Another big takeaway here for me, the month of December, Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider have emphatically figured it out at 5v5. Because as good as the Rangers were at the start of the season, 
they were basically being carried offensively at least 5v5 by one line. It was the Panarin line, uh, start off with Panarin, Hedl, and Lafreniere, and then eventually get Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere. But that line was carrying them offensively. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the, the power play has been excellent. I believe it's still number one in the league. But that was it. I mean, as far as Ranger offense, you were basically talking about one line when it came to 5v5, and then also uh, the top power play unit. Um, but recently, Mika and Kreider have really hit their stride offensively at 5v5. They're just on fire uh, in recent games here. Their last 10 games, Zibanejad and Kreider, uh, they have combined, the two of them, for 12 goals and 16 assists for 28 points. They are also a combined plus nine in that time. And of those 28 points that I just mentioned there, because I know a lot of people are going to point to the power play, and oh, they, they can only do it on the power play, right? Wrong. Uh, in their last of those games, of those points in the last 10 games here, once again, 28 points in 10 games, only 10 of them uh, between Mika and Kreider have occurred on the power play. So even if we take away all of their power play points, which is completely ridiculous, by the way, uh, players are allowed to score on the power play. It's okay. Uh, but even if we do that, let's take away all 10 power play points here. Uh, you are talking about a 10 game stretch in which Mika and Kreider would still have a combined 18 points. That's phenomenal production. And a little bit of a bonus here to this takeaway. Mika Zibanejad, 100%, is a top-line center in the NHL. I, you know, th there will be people that say, well, is he as good as Connor McDavid? No, he's not as good as Connor McDavid. Um, I don't think there are 32 centers in this league that are better than Mika Zibanejad. In fact, I know there aren't. There's no way. There's 32 teams. So for Mika Zibanejad to be a true bonafide top-line center, really all he has to do is be in the top 32. And I think he's quite a bit better than that. I, I can't imagine there's more than... I mean, are there 10 centers in this league better than Mika Zibanejad all-around game? If there are, for all the Mika naysayers, leave it in the comments. I'll, maybe I'll do that in a mailbag in a future episode. Um, I, I just don't think that's the case. But um, regardless, uh, Mika Zibanejad, 100% a top-line center in this league. Uh, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to uh, shift our attention to uh, the trade deadline. We haven't really done a whole lot of trade talk yet. I mean, granted, the, the trade deadline is still more than two months away, but the closer it gets, the more we're going to work that into the show and uh, talk about different Ranger trade targets. It's always an exciting uh, part of the year. So we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. In just a second, we're going to ID uh, two potential Ranger trade targets as well as, you know, their general strategy. And then we're also going to have a couple of rapid fire takeaways uh, to wrap up today's show. So we'll get to that in just a second. First, definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, fine bets in the new Explore tab, Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and much, much more. I've mentioned this in the past as well. Got a really good friend, big-time New York Giants fan, always bets against them because the way he puts it, something good will happen no matter what. He might lose his bet, but his team will win, or his team loses, but he wins his bet. Just kind of an idea to toss out there. But once again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Like I said just a minute ago, I want to turn our attention now to uh, some trade talk here. And something that I'm going to kind of, I've kind of reassessed something here. You guys know, the everydayers, anybody that's been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, 
we've done, what are we up here to? 973 episodes. I honestly think right from the start of this, and granted, the first couple of seasons we did this, the Rangers were not a great team and they weren't buyers at the trade deadline. But I really do think, uh, certainly since the Pavel Buchnevich trade, but probably even before that, the Rangers' biggest weakness uh, has been and probably still is right wing if everybody is healthy. But right now, uh, given Philip Heal, the uncertainty surrounding him, I think that there's a bigger need for the Rangers. And I think that biggest need is center. I talked about this a little bit ago where you can get by and the Rangers are getting by right now with Nick Bonino centering the third line. You got uh, Barkley Goodrow centering the fourth line. But if anything were to happen to Mika or Trocek, the Rangers are in a lot of trouble if one of those two guys is out of the lineup and Philip Heedle is also not back. So looking at kind of this team's sudden lack of depth at center, I think that's probably the way to go. Um, I think when you also consider the fact that Capo Kaka will be returning, and I realize he was off to a slow start this season with only three points in 20 games, but you got to figure he'll do a little bit better than that. So right wing will get a little bit of a boost uh, whenever Capo Kako gets back in the lineup. You couple that with the fact that uh, Lexi Lafreniere, I mean, with Lafreniere, I basically, he's a right winger now. I don't even see him anymore as a left winger playing the right wing. Uh, they moved him over to the right side. Not only did he not miss a beat this season, but again, having easily the best season of his career uh, thus far. He's an impactful player every single game. And you can also throw Blake Wheeler in there. Uh, his reemergence has uh, really been something um, over this last handful of games here. So uh, something that had been a weakness isn't looking like as much of a weakness. And you know what? While we're on the subject, Jimmy Vesey. Now, Vesey has been playing left wing for the Rangers, but he can play the right side. And somebody that has produced a lot more offensively than I think a lot of people were expecting this season. So if you really are, are kind of in a pinch here and you're not entirely sure um, how to fill out the lineup or that there's an issue in the top six with the right wing, you could give Jimmy Vesey a try there too. So you have some options as far as right wing is concerned. With center, that's not really the case. The Rangers right now... As far as the guys that are healthy, this is pretty much what they have. This is how they have to line up every single game. Um, you know, when it comes to the center position, you could always, I mean, you could give Johnny Brodzinski a chance there. But again, you know, there, there's nobody that you look at right now that if anything were to happen to Mika and Trocek, and we talked about this a little bit earlier in today's episode, but if something happened to them, there's nobody that you could really feel good about. Um, and also when it comes to wing, right wing, you've kind of got a little bit of an ace in the hole with Brent Offman. Now, I realize the Rangers want Brent Offman to ideally uh, just play in the AHL this season. I'm, I'm almost positive they, they've said as much, and he's a left winger more naturally than a right winger, although he has played some right wing. But he becomes an option, too. As far as, like, the AHL, like, okay, who, who could the Rangers call up to step in there and be a, a big-time center for this team? I don't think that player exists right now. I know a lot of people like Adam Edstrom. You know, he's uh, obviously a big you know, strong, young center. He played in the one game this season, for, scored his first career goal, played some physical hockey. That's all well and good. But Adam Edstrom is somebody that um, is a six-round uh, former draft pick by the Rangers, doesn't really have a ton of offensive upside, only has 11 points in 27 career AHL games. So I don't know that they're realistic options. I feel like the Rangers, right, and they're doing it right now, by the way, because um, obviously Capo Caco isn't in the lineup and they're surviving without him. I just think that, we're, we've gotten to the point here where maybe center, if Filipino might not be available, center becomes a more pressing need, a more important position to address for the Rangers uh, than right wing. And I did not think I would be sitting here saying that, but with the trade deadline about two months away, we'll see how everything unfolds going forward, how everybody plays, who gets back in the lineup, who doesn't get back in the lineup, who maybe 
hopefully not this doesn't happen, but who maybe gets injured and uh, creates a hole at this position or that position. I think we're at the point, though, where center now has become uh, the Rangers' biggest need uh, going into the trade deadline this season. And I want to toss out a couple of uh, trade targets here. And we're going to talk about both of these players um, in the future, future episodes. We're going to do episodes that focus completely on the trade deadline and targets for the Rangers. They're always a ton of fun and love hearing from you guys kind of weighing in on what might be ideal options and good fits for this Ranger team. Uh, but to just toss out a couple right now. And, you know, again, we'll talk about both of them in greater detail in a future episode. Two for me are Adam Henrique and Sean Monaghan. Uh, Henrique this season I believe he's now 33 years old, uh, 10 goals and nine assists in 35 games with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, very good faceoff guy. Somebody who is unspectacular as far as, you know, offensive prowess is concerned, but also very consistent. It feels like Henrique is one of those guys. He always settles in right around like 40, 43, 45 points in a season. Uh, we'll see how he would fit in with the Rangers. Um, he's going to have to make Ranger fans forgive him for what he did to them about 10 years ago. If you know, you know. Um, but you know, somebody that could come in and give them a little bit more depth and a little bit more offense in the top nine, then you're going to get from somebody like Nick Bonino or Barclay Goodrow. If you want to try him at third line center or Johnny Brodzinski, if you want to try him there, um, you know, I, I think Henrique would probably be a better bet to produce more offensively, uh, than any of the guys that I just mentioned. The one thing that's a little tricky here, I was surprised to see this Henrique is making $5.825 million this season. So even at 50% retained, it could get a little bit tricky uh, for the Rangers. But also, uh, Henrik is a UFA after the season, so it would be another uh, pure rental for the Rangers. And with the Ducks going pretty much nowhere fast, it would certainly stand to reason that they would look to trade Henrik and uh, get whatever they could for him. You wouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for Henrik. That's the other thing, too, that I, I think works here uh, for the Rangers. You're not going to have to give away one of your top prospects or like a first-round draft pick or anything along those lines. And it's somebody that, again, just kind of lengthens the lineup, gives you a little bit more uh, secondary scoring. Uh, somebody else that you could go with, I mentioned him just a second ago, but Sean Monahan. Uh, kind of a weird career for Monaghan. I just feel like he's been really up and down from season to season. Uh, but in 36 games with Montreal this year, nine goals, 12 assists. Uh, but again, just somebody that gives you a little bit more scoring depth, lengthens the lineup a little bit. Uh, another really good faceoff guy. The injury history is a little bit scary when it comes to Monaghan. But uh, one thing that's good for the Rangers, if they look to trade for him, is he's making just $1.985 million this season. So it's certainly affordable, especially if you... Uh, go down the road of having Montreal retain half of his salary. Of course, if you do that, they're going to ask for a little bit more in a trade, but it is what it is. Um, again, these are just a couple ideas off the top of my head. I think they could make some sense, and we're going to dive into this in a much greater detail in future episodes. But while we're talking about takeaways here and um, you know the idea that the Rangers might need a center, I want to toss out a couple of names for you guys uh, just for fun here at the end of today's episode. So figure we might as well uh, turn our attention to a couple of rapid-fire takeaways uh, to conclude today's show. So... This is one that I've talked about recently, and it's kind of why I put in the rapid fire section here. Panarin is an MVP candidate, if not the front runner. Uh, you can check out my most recent episode uh, if you want my thoughts there on Artemi Panarin and uh, everything that he's done for the Rangers this season and why uh, he's a legitimate candidate for the Hart Trophy this season. I also think that the Rangers' only glaring weakness, and we've talked about this quite a bit, is the shift that follows a goal. And it's very correctable. All they have to do to me is just lock in a little bit better and uh, just focus on what they're doing and uh, just not have that, that you know, that lack of attention to detail or whatever you want to call it uh, in the shift that follows a goal. Another big time takeaway. We've talked about this one recently too. Igor Shosturkin is back. Uh, this one's pretty self-explanatory. Anybody that's watched the last handful of uh, games started by Igor Shosturkin 
I mean, use the stats, use the eye test, use whatever you got to do. Igor Shosturkin is out there playing like Igor Shosturkin. He's won five starts in a row. Uh, some truly amazing saves during that time as well. And his save percentage in those five games, just a shade under 950. So Igor is back and looking like one of the best goalies in hockey. It's probably too late to win a Vesna for him, unless he just completely lights out the whole rest of the way. The problem there, it's so hard to win a Vesna because if you go through like really any stretch of subpar hockey as a goalie in this league, you've really fallen behind the eight ball because, you know, there, there's so many goalies, so many great goalies, and one of them is just going to have one of those seasons where everything clicks and they're just kind of in the zone the whole way through. It's going to be hard to uh, make up that kind of ground if you go through a sustained uh, rough stretch, as Igor Shesterkin did. Um, but he's back now, and that's all that really matters. And as far as individual awards go, yeah, I'd like to see Igor win another Vesna. I'd love to see Panarin win a heart this season. But, man, there's only one trophy that I care about, and I, I think you guys can probably all figure out what it is, and that's, of course, the uh, the Stanley Cup. So, um, yeah, that's where things stand there as far as Igor being back. I also want to talk a little bit about the Stephen McDonald Heart and Hustle Award. Uh, my four finalists for this in no particular order right now uh, so far in the season, this is one of my favorite awards. Um, my four finalists, though, are Jimmy Vesey, Jacob Truba, Vincent Trocek, and Artemi Panarin. And you guys can let me know if you think one of them should win it, if you've got somebody else that you think might be a dark horse to win I mean, there's there's so many candidates this season that you could throw out there. You could throw Ryan Lindgren out there. Of course, he's you know one of my absolute favorite players. Um, my my thing there though is he won it last year, so it's one of those things. It's such a subjective award anyway. Might as well just give it to somebody else uh, this upcoming season. But yeah, I mean that's uh, always a, a favorite award of mine, and uh, we'll see who goes to this season. Again, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, your guys' opinion on that. Who you think should uh, bring home that hardware? Um, also want to uh, just kind of conclude today's episode with uh, a couple of thoughts on the Rangers schedule uh, for the month of January. And I'm going to go ahead, if I can figure out how to do this real quick here, go ahead and just uh, share this, uh, this screen with you. There we go. So there's the Rangers schedule uh, for the month of December. And, or, well, yeah, that is December. We're going to go to January, though. So we can look ahead to what's uh, coming forward for the Rangers. Of course, they're going to be back in action tonight, January 2nd, Tuesday, at home against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Always a spirited rivalry. Of course, the Rangers knocked them out of the playoffs two years ago. The Canes uh, in the bubble playoffs knocked the Rangers out of the playoffs. And we had that situation earlier this season where Sebastian Ajo uh, caught Adam Fox. They went knee to knee. Uh, Fox missed a decent chunk of the season as a result of that. Will there be fireworks tonight? It's entirely possible. Even if that didn't happen, it's a spirited enough rivalry where I think, um, you know, you could see some of that. Um, as far as like that being a dirty play though, I didn't really see it that way. To me, it was just kind of an awkward collision uh, as two guys were going to the puck. Um, but it's one of those things where whether it's intentional or not, whether it's malicious or not, a lot of times you do have to answer the bell. And uh, Lafreniere was trying to fight Ajo in the last game. Ajo wouldn't do it. Uh, we'll see if the Rangers uh, target him in this game. And I don't want them to do anything dirty or horrible. I don't want them trying to give him a concussion. I don't think that's going to be the case. But if you have a chance to score this guy up, yeah, for sure. If you have a chance to you know, knock him around a little bit after after the whistle, after the play, you know, some pushing and shoving, do that by all means. And uh, if you want to challenge him to a fight and you're somebody like Alexi Lafreniere and, and you want to uh, make him dance, then by all means, go for it. You know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but that's uh, just the start of the month of January. Rangers, uh, they are then home against the Blackhawks at the Canadians, home against the Canucks. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go through the whole thing here, but I will say uh, one area of the schedule that really stands out in January for me is on the weekend of January 13th and January 14th. The Rangers uh, will play a back-to-back 
against the Capitals, a home-and-home back-to-back. The first one will be in Washington at 1 p.m. on Saturday. The second one will be at Madison Square Garden at home against the Capitals at 1 p.m. on Sunday. And uh, the Rangers uh, didn't do so well in their last matchup against the Capitals. And as far as, like, rivalries go, I mean, that always gets so nasty, so chippy. And you take these two teams and you put them together for a back-to-back with 1 p.m. start times, for one reason or another, I feel like uh, players are maybe a little bit feistier, a little bit you know nastier during some of these afternoon games. It just feels like it's gone that way, maybe just for the Rangers uh, in recent seasons. But yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely expect some fireworks there. And then um, also, that this is something that certainly stands out. Uh, the Rangers will have a four-game road trip. And unfortunately, the late start times are back. Uh, the Rangers from... January 18th through January 23rd. They're going to have a four-game road trip. They're at Vegas at 10. They are at LA at 10.30. At the Ducks at 8.30, so that's not too bad. And then at the Ducks, or at the Sharks, rather, uh, at 10.30. So that's an interesting trip. Uh, Obviously, the Knights and the Kings, two very good teams. The Ducks and Sharks, not so much. Am I dreaming, or did the Rangers play that exact same road trip in that exact same order last season? It feels like they're kind of just... uh, doing the West Coast tour there. Uh, But then they also have a home game on January 26th at home against Vegas. So they do play the defending Stanley Cup champions twice this month. And that's obviously going to be a good test. Uh, The Knights, I believe, still do have the best record in the Western Conference. And obviously, you know, they're kind of a machine. So be very curious to see how the Rangers uh, fare against them. But it's going to be an interesting month for sure. Um, You know, a lot of of different things being thrown at the Rangers in – in this um, this stretch of the schedule here in January. Definitely looking forward to seeing them play all these different teams and just keep rolling. You know, the Rangers are off to a heck of a start, and um, I, I expect it to stay the same. There, there's no reason to believe that what the Rangers are doing isn't sustainable, isn't, um, you know, something that can uh, continue throughout the rest of the season here. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, also want to do just a real quick World Juniors update uh, at the end of today's show here. So we are in the middle of the third quarterfinal game right now. The United States, I'm watching right now, looking at the screen, trying to see what the score is. I believe the United States leads Latvia by a score of three to one. I know for sure that Ranger prospect Drew Fortescue scored the first goal of this matchup. And I want to say that Gabe Perot scored a goal. Again, I kind of saw it out of the corner of my eye. I'm not 100% on that, but obviously cool to see uh, the two of them contributing. And, um, you know, the United States hoping to advance past Latvia here and head to the semifinals. But it's been a crazy day of action so far. I caught the end of the early game, the 6 a.m. game. You had uh, Finland and you had um, uh, Adam Sakura, you know, playing for Slovakia. Uh, unfortunately, Slovakia and Adam Sakura, they are now done. Uh, Slovakia tied the game at 2-2 two to two with about 1.30 to go. Uh, this was after... Um, you know, Finland had just taken the lead right before that. It goes into overtime, and Finland scores to win the game about 30 seconds into the overtime period. So Finland to the semifinals. Slovakia and Adam Sikora are done. Adam Sikora uh, concludes his World Juniors run with one goal and one assist in five games. He was also a plus one. His goal occurred a little bit earlier today against Slovakia. There was a face-off in Finland's zone in the first period with 1.7 seconds remaining, and the center... For Slovakia, Philip Messer, Meser, um, he kind of just you know struggled to put the puck toward the net, and you've got Sakura fighting his tail off trying to get to the puck, uh, muscling his way past a defender and diving and knocking the puck into the net. A very Sakura esque goal from everything that we uh, have read about him and have come to know about uh, Adam Sakura thus far. But unfortunately, like I said, uh, Adam Sakura now done in the World Juniors, and then a big upset. Uh, you had 
Czechia going up 2-0 against Canada. Canada tied it. Czechia scored with 11 seconds remaining in regulation to get the 3-2 win. So two phenomenal games to start the day. And uh, as I'm recording this, like I said, United States, uh, you know, leading Latvia and, and you know, hopefully Drew Fortescue and uh, Gabe Pro both on their way uh, to the semifinals and hopefully beyond. But uh, yeah, that's where things stand as far as the world juniors are concerned, but we can pretty much call it there for today. If you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give, a, give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers, and definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.